Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, then you know what I'm all about. I am all about horror, and I'm all about Grindhouse, and I'm all about Obscure, Little Scene, Gems in the Rough, uh, movies that you may have never heard of, but need to be seen or at least need to be talked about a little bit, I guess you could say. So this is going to be part three of my three-part series uh, dealing with Lucio Fulci, the Italian horror director, well, some sometime horror director. Um, in the first two episodes, I dealt with uh, some of his other, obviously some of his other works. The first episode, I talked about The New York Ripper, City of the Living Dead, and House by the Cemetery. In episode two, I talked about some of his slightly lesser seen movies, but still... Uh, immensely watchable movies, uh, which would be the uh, the Black Cat, uh, Don't Touch a Duckling, and Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Today, and there's there's as I mentioned in episode two, especially there's a ton of other Lucio Fulci movies out there that, uh, while not necessarily all that great, are still watchable to a certain extent. Most of them, at least. Um, there's uh, movies like uh, there's one that he did uh, called Conquest. And I've only watched it once, and ouch, it's uh, it's got barbarians and sorcery and stuff like that. And you'd think that that might be good, and you would be wrong. <laughs> it's not good. Um, and, and there's some other ones that he's done, too, that I, I, I hit on Contraband that was meh. Uh, some of his later works were very, very hit and miss. Um, and one of the three that I'm going to be talking about today is the last movie that he ever did. Um, and the only reason that I'm including that in part three is just because it is the last movie he ever did. But today I'm going to be focusing on, uh, the two best movies that he has ever done. Uh, and, and I'm not alone in thinking that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of fans of his movies and a lot of fans of Italian cinema that would agree that these two movies are his most influential and his most seen and, uh, and, and therefore, I don't know, especially in the annals of, of horror history, they, they, they should be seen. If you're a fan of horror movies, if you're a fan of Euro horror or even European movies, if you want to get into European movies and, and get the feel for what those types of movies were like, uh, Lucio Fulci and Dario Argento are great ways to, to get caught up with, uh, with things that were going on overseas in the horror industry back in 70s and 80s. Um, in fact, they, they were the, the two biggest, in my opinion, the, uh, as well as Mario Bava that were really doing this stuff and doing it well. So uh, anyway, I'm going to get started. I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to save the, uh, the, my favorite Lucio Fulci movie for second. I'm going to start with my, the runner-up, and that would be 1979's Zombie. And this movie was known as uh, Zombie 2 in Italy, I believe. Zombie in the States. And then Zombie Flesh Eaters in the UK. And uh, and I've got a bunch of information on this movie. I've watched this movie more times than any other Lucio Fulci movie. It's probably his most uh, accessible movie to watch as far as if you're a horror fan. And especially if you're, obviously, if you're a zombie fan. This is an easily accessible movie because it's... Uh, Lots of people think that it's a ripoff of George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and I don't believe that it is. I um, 
I think that, in fact, not think. I know this movie was written before George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And uh, it had no connection with George Romero's movies. Um, uh, although the beginning and the closing of this movie, they do take place in New York, and it was very much to capitalize on the success of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, this movie, I think, is is definitely better than Dawn of the Dead, Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And a lot of people think that that is the be-all, end-all of zombie movies is Romero's Dawn of the Dead. And it is good. It's very good. Uh, but for me, I am all about Euro horror. There is something about the Euro horror that I just love the atmosphere. I love the music that they were using. I love the special effects that they were doing. And not to discredit uh, Tom Savini, he was doing fantastic effects back in back in the Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead days. Uh, but something about the effects in these movies are just they it's almost like they one up the stuff that was going on over in the states and i love that um the effects for zombie by uh, Gianetto de rossi are fantastic and and it's cool uh to know that Gianetto de rossi he's also done the effects for more modern movies like uh hot tension also known as high tension switchblade romance that's uh alexander aja's french slasher movie from the uh, boy mid-2000s. And uh, he also did effects for Rambo 3, Conan the Destroyer. That's just to name a few. I believe that he also did effects for Gangs of New York. Uh, he helped out with Gangs of New York, I think. Um, I'd have to see his uh, IMDb page to, to see that. But uh, he is a great effects artist. And I'm jumping all over the place here, mainly because I love talking about this movie. I love, love, love this movie. So I'm skipping ahead. So I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to get to the synopsis of the movie here. Sailboat arrives in New York without anybody on board, supposedly. Um, but uh, there happens to be a zombie that attacks two guards from the Coast Guard. Um, the daughter of the owner of the ship, uh, Anne, Bowell, uh, Anne Bowles, requests information about her missing father that was in the Antilles to the detectives that are investigating the crime without success. She meets the journalist Peter West. And they decide to investigate what might have happened to her father. They travel to Matul Island with Brian Hull and Susan Barrett on their boat. Once in the tropical island, they meet Dr. David Menard, who is trying to find a cure to a disease that brings the dead back to life, turning them into zombies that eat human flesh, increasing the menace against the group, of course. Um, a couple things with just with the synopsis there. Um, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, and I, I, I know I've seen it, and I think it was on one of the special features on the, I've got several Blu-rays of this. I've got the Arrow release, and I also have the uh, Blue Underground release, and it's got a plethora of special features on it that really delve into the making of the movie, what went into it, what it took to get this thing actually made. And I'm pretty certain that the New York stuff was done without any permits, um, I could be wrong, or or they they found ways ar- around uh, actually filming uh, the uh, you know the the boat in the harbor in the beginning, and I mean, it's right by the you know right by the trade towers, and it's it's quite impressive that they were actually able to do that. But I don't believe they had they they were able to. I, but don't quote me on that. And then the end, uh, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but we get back to New York in the very end, and it's such an iconic shot. I love the shot in the end. Um, it's so apocalyptic, and it works, I think, better than almost anything in Dawn of the Dead, that closing shot. 
even if it it was filmed to cash in on Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I th- I thought it was great. Um, also, I'm just pulling out my Blu-ray here. Uh, this movie uh, has Tisa Farrow in it, and she is uh, she's great. Uh, I've got it's got Ian McCulloch in it, and as you know, I've already talked about Ian McCulloch before in one of my previous episodes. So I'm a big fan of his. Al Cliver is in this now. Al Cliver has done a ton, a ton of Italian splatter movies, and it's one of those things where once you start to see him in the different movies, you're like, ah, oh, he's in this again. Oh, okay, he's in this. He's been in a ton of them. He's he's one of the uh, guys that. Him and his wife are on the boat that uh, that our our newspaper writer and the and the the father the daughter's father that the father's daughter hitch a ride to go to these islands on and so it's it's just cool how uh, how the, these these actors reappear in different movies and so it's almost like they're all kind of interconnected and then I think it's great uh, also uh, Olga. Carlatos is in this now. Olga Carlatos, she also has been in some of some other splatter Italian movies, and she's the one that notorious. And this is a bit of a spoiler here, but uh, the the movie's highlight is a woman gets her face slowly pulled forward until a splinter, a big splinter on a door, slowly goes into her eyeball up close and in the most gruesome of fashions. And um, it is. Such a hardcore scene, the most hardcore scene in the movie, even though that there's other, this thing is just plastered with gore. Uh, and every, every, every shot of something happening um, was just disgusting. Uh, it, it wasn't like a quick cuts. It was long, lingering, gross shots. Like if a zombie bites you in the arm or the neck, all of a sudden it goes to slow motion and the skin is slowly pulled away. And the blood just slowly just bursts out in slow motion. And again, it is relatively fake looking, especially for its time. But uh, that's the way that that's what makes it so cool. Is it's almost like it's over the top, like it doesn't even look quite realistic. But it makes it all the, the grosser. So um, anyway, uh, and even even hearing that 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 scene with the the splinter. If you've never watched the movie, I can promise you, you will be grossed out. Because for a movie from 1979, it pulls it off brilliantly. And it is so hardcore. So incredibly hardcore. Um, This island is, uh, there's a lot of voodoo going on on the island. That's another thing that I think works really well. It gives it even more of a sinister feel is there is voodoo stuff going on there. And it just has this whole underlying evil feel to it. the music is great. I actually have the soundtrack to this movie. It's so, so good. Um, uh, I'm just looking here over my notes. And actually, now I'm jumping jumping to the Brooklyn Bridge. And unfortunately, I'm just going to have to spoil this a little bit because uh, I love talking about this ending. So there's a little bit of a spoiler here about the very end of the movie. Hordes of the Living Dead stumble across the Brooklyn Bridge at the end of the film. And although a, a, a National state of emergency has been declared and the local radio station has been overrun by zombies. The traffic below still flows freely. Uh, this was due to budgetary constraints. There was not enough money to stop traffic on the bridge. Uh, so, and spoiler right there. So that's kind of how the movie ends. But I actually like that. I like that there's still cars moving and it's like, it makes it feel more real. And I dug that. I thought that was really, really cool how they did that. Um, so I'm just looking over. I've got so many notes here. Uh, 
let me just see here. Um, this is kind of interesting. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, the uh, there's a large bald zombie, and I mean, he's a big dude, and uh, he's kind of notorious for in, in this movie. You just when you see him, you're like, oh, that's that's from Lucio Fulci's zombie, and uh, he actually walked into uh, CBGB's, which is a tiny bar, in, and it's a punk rock bar at the time it was at least, and, and he was in full zombie makeup with blood splattered all over him, caked all over his face. And uh, because it was such a crazy punk rock bar, uh, he, it says here he was barely noticed. Even the bartender never looked twice at him. I think that is so badass. Uh, that's just cool. And that's, again, we're, we're, this is like the real New They're, they're in New York City. And uh, that just is cool. That's something that I would have loved to be a part of is that era and, uh, and that whole scene. So... Uh, anyway, um, looking over my, uh, some of my other notes here, here's one, uh, some of the trailers, uh, in some of the trailers there, they actually said that they were handing out barf bags to theater moviegoers due to the unusually high amount of violence and gore for a horror movie at the time. I think that's crazy. And I love it. I actually knew, uh, back when I was uh, working at my dad's company back uh, after I graduated, uh, I've been a horror fan, like I said, ever since I was young. And uh, I, I struck up a conversation with a lady at one point or another, and she was a bit older than I was, and she came from Kilbuck, I believe, and she told me, I didn't even bring up Zombie, but she said, you know, she's like, I remember going to the Kilbuck Duncan and watching Lucio Fulci's Zombie there, and I'm like, are you kidding me? She's like, oh, yeah, she's like, they played, this. she's like, that's the one with the worms, like, the cover is the, the zombie with the worms coming out of its eyes. She's like, yeah, that played at, uh, at Kilbuck. I think that is so cool, unless she was lying, and maybe the theater wasn't there at the time, but she claims it was. So I think that's just awesome. Uh, I love it. Uh, anyway, of course, Lucio Fulci uh, has a uh, – has. A, I'm almost positive. Well, yeah, I'm sure he has a, uh, a little cameo in this. Um, one of the claims to fame for this movie is there is a big underwater scene where a shark and a zombie go at it, and – uh, it's fantastic. Uh, how they did it is amazing. And again, when you're watching this, you're like, this really seems like there's a real guy underwater fighting a shark. Um, this was actually done by, a, there was a shark and a shark trainer. And the shark trainer was was uh, full of zombie gear or whatever. And they they did it. Uh, but you ha- it's truly, it's such a memorable scene. It's worthy of watching the movie just for that alone because it's so crazy. Um, highly recommend, highly, highly recommend uh, watching it just for that because it's so bizarro and out there. Uh, of course, this movie was uh, bu- butchered and cut to bits, especially over in the UK. This thing was another one of the video nasties. And it was banned, and it was highly edited to the point where it's unwatchable. In fact, if I, w- I would probably still enjoy the movie even if it wouldn't have the, all the violence and gore in it. However, uh, that's the, one of the main reasons to watch this thing is because of the over-the-top violence and the fantastic effects and uh, the whole atmosphere. And, and without that, it's just it's a neutered movie. Uh, so, um, also. As this was, I think, in conjunction with this movie, or right after this movie was complete, uh, they filmed, not Fulci, but uh, Zombie Holocaust was filmed, also starring 
also starring uh, Ian McCulloch, and I've touched on that movie before, but they use a lot of the same sets, which you will see. The, the church that's in this movie is also in that one. This is obviously a superior movie. However, they both have their Italian splatter charms. So anyway, I could keep talking about this movie uh, because uh, my love of this movie goes way back to the VHS days. I've seen this movie so many times, uh, and I love it every bit as much, if not more so, than I did the first time I saw it. So highly recommend it. Please check out Lucio Fulci's Zombie. And last up, uh, well, I want to say last up. There's one other one that I'm going to briefly hit on. But last up is my favorite Lucio Fulci movie, and that is The Beyond, or as it's known in Italy, La Aldila, from 1981. This is Lucio Fulci at his very, very, very best. Uh, The synopsis of The Beyond is the New Yorker Lisa Murill inherits an old hotel in Louisiana and invests her savings to reopen the place. While repairing the building, many people die, and local doctor John McCabe uh, feels he has a connection with Lisa, with Liza, sorry, her name is Liza, and she and tries to help her solve the mystery of the hotel. There's also a blind woman named Emily, and Emily advises Liza to leave the place as soon as possible. Um, basically, the whole story of this the, the movie centers around this hotel was actually built on top of one of the one of the seven gates of hell, and uh, depending on what what happens, the gates are opened and the dead shall now walk the earth. Here's what makes this movie so awesome. This is another one of my nightmare logic movies where it completely feels like someone's nightmare caught on screen. Uh, Lots of it don't quite make sense, but it works so well. I wouldn't want it to make perfect sense. Things just happen. It's like obviously the the, the hotel is haunted. Something's trying to get through. The beginning is so well shot with a, a warlock practicing black magic in this hotel and the townsfolk come with their pitchforks and their, their fire and they, they kill him in the most horrifically gruesome manner. I'm not going to spoil that. You've got to see that to believe it. Um, and it's, it's shot in a sapia tone uh, and it's just so great. Uh, the way the opening of this movie, it just captures uh, the feel of the whole movie perfectly. And if you're not hooked by the first five minutes or so, just forget it because that's the feel of the movie. Um, but the whole nightmare logic thing plays in so well with this movie. Um, the whole way through, they're giving you just enough to keep on like, oh, okay, I think I know what's going on, but not quite enough. And I love, love, love it. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, here's another spoiler because it's such a cool um, moment in the movie that I, I, I'm going to tell you uh, a spoiler here. So, you may want to fast forward just a minute or two if you want me to avoid this or if you don't want to hear it. But in the final scene of The Beyond, um, our heroes are caught into the abyss of, of hell's eternity uh, because just the gates have been opened. And uh, there are sand, covers bo- sand covered bodies lying all over the ground. And uh, this is so amazing. They're actually stark naked street derelicts and they were paid in booze to do what they did, which is just lay there covered in dust and dirt. Um, they were actually bums, and they were paid in alcohol, and that's just crazy. <laughs> so end of spoiler right there. That's kind of the end of the movie, and it's, it's, such, a, it's such a great ending. You have to see it to believe it. Um, this movie has got everything that you want in an Italian horror movie. It has got 
buckets and buckets of gore. But it's not just another, I hesitate to say cheesy horror movie because I, I don't consider zombie to be a cheesy horror movie. There is a story there going on and there is a lot of great ideas going on in this story. And, um, this is another one, even without the violent bloodshed, this would still be a fantastic movie to watch. Um, <clears throat> but the gore, especially for me adds to the fun. It makes it what it is. Um, Eyeballs are ripped out, and there's just geysers of blood. And uh, there's one scene with a little red-haired, pigtailed girl, uh, and she becomes one of the undead unwittingly. And there's a scene with her that I'm not going to spoil it. You just have to see it to believe it. But it is so hardcore. Uh, there's acid on the face that is not even the slightest bit realistic, but it's the way it's done is so nasty. It may, I, you know what? I might even watch this movie after I talk about this because it, I, I want to watch this movie again so bad. Um, it slips just a little bit and there's a spider attack scene. Um, however, uh, what's funny is, um, is it's so fake. The spy, they use tarantulas and these tarantulas just rip this guy's face to bits because this guy falls and, and he gets paralyzed and these big tarantulas come and just rip his face to bits. And the spiders are so over the top fake that it kind of pulls you out of the movie. In retrospect now, it, it you know, you just kind of look past that and you're like, eh, it's, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, another interesting thing is this movie turns into a, this movie turns into a zombie movie and it's really not a zombie movie. The storyline is not, zombie uh however zombie itself fulci zombie and the whole that genre was still doing so good that uh german distributors wanted um wanted zombies in it and so fulci actually went and kind of redid the ending and included zombies um there is one scene if you're gonna watch this movie there's one scene towards the end that um uh that our heroes are getting into an elevator and and the girl looks over at uh, at the guy, and um, he has a gun, and he has a bullet, and he tries to put the bullet into the uh, the barrel, like front end, as a joke. And you just see her look down at him, look at him, and they start to laugh. And this is zombies all over the place. And you wouldn't know it unless you know the story behind it. But it's like it's a bad take, like it was botched. However, Fulci used it, and it's in the movie, and I love that. So if you really pay attention, you'll know you'll know it when you see it. They get into an elevator, and it's just it's there, and it's it's uh, great. I, I think it's hilarious. Um, this movie was picked up by uh, Quentin Tarantino's Rolling Thunder Pictures and restored on DVD in 1998, um, and uh, Grindhouse releasing then released it on uh, in theaters. So this got a, like a midnight theatrical release, and I believe that it still occasionally plays uh, the midnight circuit. I would love to see this. Love, 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 love to see this movie. Um, but, you know, if it ever comes around here, then great. Uh, this is actually the second part of Lucio Fulci's death trilogy. Uh, the the uh, first one was City of the Living Dead, and um, then it was Beyond, and then House by the Cemetery. This is... Uh, uh, by far the best of the bunch. Um, uh, looking over some of my other notes here, D- David Warbeck is in this. Uh, David Warbeck uh, is, um, he's, he was great in this. He has been in very few movies. He died of cancer many, many years ago, uh, but he was fantastic in this. I thought that he did a great job. Um, 
even though it's an Italian movie, it was, like I said, it was shot in Louisiana, uh, or at least that's where it was set. And it does have that feel, um, which I, I, I so, so like, there is so many movies that are influenced by this movie that they're almost too, too many to even begin to, um, to, to say, um, I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it for sure, but I'm I'm pretty confident that even Rob Zombie took some cues from this movie as well as some other early Fulci movies with uh, with some of his music videos that I've seen. Um, but it, it just seems like this is a very, to me, a very influential movie, uh, especially with the whole nightmare logic thing going on in it. Um, I love that. I think that's so, so cool. So uh, I could give more of the plot away, but I hesitate to do that because it's it's just a gem that you should see and experience and uh, and appreciate on your own without knowing too much about it. Uh, but rest assured, if you like cool, old-school practical effects, uh, a movie that, that should make sense but doesn't quite, but in a good way, uh, and cool old school music, cool old school atmosphere, lots of fog and, and mist going on and uh, a killer ending. Man, I love that ending. Then the beyond is for you. Uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend the beyond. And um, if you can check it out, it's going to be released in the States here on the uh, grindhouse label. Uh, I believe next year I have the arrow release from the UK and um, I love it. I can't wait to watch it again. It's Fulci's crowning achievement. That brings us to the last movie of his career. And uh, that would be, and, and actually the last Blu-ray that I have, that has been released from Lucio Fulci, or from his filmography. And that's called Voices from Beyond. It was made in 1991. And uh, now this is 10 years after his heyday. So, there's been a lot of movies in between, some some very watchable, some not at all. This kind of falls into the middle category of his after his big heyday. Um, it's good enough, but um, it's it's uh, you know it's not great. I'm going to read the back of the movie here for you. It's a made-for-TV movie. Uh, if you think the dead rest in peace, prepare yourself for Voices from Beyond, a chilling ghost story with a modern twist. Uh, the unexpected death of wealthy middle-aged Giorgio from an internal hemorrhage has cast suspicion on his scheming family, all of whom has had reasons to commit murder. Rosie, the innocent daughter, is tormented by her father's spirit who demands the revelation of his killer. Could it be Giorgio's wife, his mistress, his stepson, or his stepmother? Or perhaps an even more fiendish mind is at work within the dark, deadly confines of their sprawling estate. Soon, Rosie's life is in danger as well as, well as she races against time to unmask the face of true evil and silence the unearthly voice of a ghost out for justice. From the diabolical mind of horror Italian legend Lucio Fulci, the man behind the beyond, um comes one of his final voyages into the supernatural, laced with his trademark scenes of terror and mayhem. Turn down the lights, curl up tight, and listen closely. The voices from beyond might be out there waiting for you, too. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this movie, other than it is watchable, and um, especially for a TV movie, obviously it has a low budget. It has, it's, it has a weird, soft focus shot going on to it, so it's like... 
everything is and this is the blu-ray which is probably as good as it said we're going to get it has this hazy look to it which back in the day uh worked for him with the really really good atmosphere here it just looks like it's it's kind of cheesy tv movie it needs to look better than it does um but it's still it's still okay uh the acting is passable for for this type of thing again nothing like it was in in his heyday as well as the special effects there are some decent special effects in here um there's a bit of gore, but again, at this point, the budgets were so low that he couldn't really have really elaborate, good special effects. There was some good rotting corpses type stuff going on, I guess. Um, but the storyline itself is really interesting, and I would have loved to see what Fulci could have done with something like this with a, with a pretty interesting storyline back in the early 80s when he, he had the cast and the crew and everything and the budget to pull something like this off. But as it is, he certainly could have done a lot worse than this as his last movie, because trust me, there are a lot worse Fulci movies out there than Voices from Beyond. It's just, it's good to see that it is on Blu-ray, and there are other movies from him that I would love to own on Blu-ray. Um, so give this one a shot if you if you get a chance. It's not cheap, and it's limited to, I believe, 1,000 copies from Code Red. Uh, so you may want to check that out. Um, but if you're going to spend the money, by all means, go with uh, something like Zombie or The Beyond or uh, House by the Cemetery, New York Rippers, the movies from his heyday before you spend the money on this. But it's still a watchable movie. So that is going to wrap it up for my three-parter on Lucio Fulci. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to drop me an email at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, any comments about uh, my shows, especially my, my Fulci series. Uh, if you have any comments about movies that I should be watching or movies that uh, I should avoid, like The Plague, I would love to hear them. Um, and as always, you can check, uh, check out my sister show, Movie Freaks. We're on Movie Freaks Podcast over on YouTube, as well as Cinema Sidekicks, which uh, I'm going to mention yet again. We're going to do a Megapod show this coming Friday. It's going to be great. We're going to be... Uh, chatting up an American Werewolf in London, and we're going to be talking about Interstellar and Christopher Nolan, and uh, we're just going to be having a good old time talking about movies, because that's what we all love. So, anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. Mm-hmm.